This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Heather Moog. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, well, welcome to the Behold podcast. This is Sean and Dan and the uh, slightly enlarged Heather Moog <laughs> with us today. She's pregnant, okay? For I'm, those not, of you I'm not calling her fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good to be with you all. Dan, Heather, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm, 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 I'm a little grumpy. I'll just, be, oh, I'll just no. keep, it, keep it real. I just had one of those mornings where, where nothing kind of... It just felt like everything went wrong. You know, there's like a bunch of little things. I was... And, uh, I don't know, just kind of, it's accumulated. And so I'm just, I'm just a little, like I was a little bit late today and I'm just a little like, uh, irritated. So I hate hopefully, those days. hopefully we can, uh, you guys can encourage me and we can just turn yeah. this around and just, we always pray for all of you beholders out there. We always spend time in prayer, just asking God to, for his presence to be with us and just to guide our conversation and just, for his glory to be, to be known in our time. And so I'm really, really praying that that happens now with you guys, but it's good to see your smiling faces. We're all in studio today. And, uh, uh, so in, in, in the flesh, no zooming going on and you guys look really nice. You guys look really good. You got a weird, you got a star Wars t-shirt on. What's this? Is it a Jenga fed? Is it a Boba fed? Is it Mandalorian? It's Mando. Okay. I can't see this is the way. Ooh. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say that the rest so of this good. podcast, every time I finish talking, I have spoken. I have spoken. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry if you're offended good. by Star Wars out there. Um, no, it's good. To, thanks for being honest, Dan. Yeah. I think it's really healthy. Um, and yeah, I think we're going to turn that front upside down. Today. Thank you. I appreciate yes. that. This Heather, is the turning point. How are you yes. doing? <laughs> Got your fresh mom I'm cut? Good. Got your fresh mom oh, yeah. haircut? Yep. Got my mom's sandals on and just really completing the whole look. Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, actually, uh, well, baby was kicking when we were talking. She like, uh, I think she likes hearing people talk. So maybe she's she a, a future more. podcaster. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> she just gets it. excited. Like, what's happening? <laughs> Wants to be part of the party. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, wherever you guys are, wherever you're <laughs> listening, if you're exercising, doing the dishes, uh, on a walk, or if you're driving to work, uh, we're grateful to have you guys with us. Thanks for mm-hmm. tuning in. Yeah, and if that's you, if you're a little bit grumpy this morning or this afternoon, whenever you're listening, man, may may the Lord use this to encourage you and, and fill your cup. And Amen. All good things. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of filling your cup, you know what really gets me jazzed and excited? Sitting and listening to seven elders talk. Ooh. Whoa. When's wow. that happening? Is that your cup of jam? Is oh, that cup? Yeah, that's my cup. That's my cup of tea jam right there. <laughs> uh, if you're a behold listener, that might make sense. Um, anyways, next Thursday night which is uh, July 22nd, we are having our Elders Forum. So it's a great opportunity for you to come. And if you have submitted one, awesome. If you haven't yet, there's still time. Submit a question to elders at BBC Online about anything about life, culture, theology, doctrine, Tim's love interests, all those things. <laughs> and they will... Uh, the Elders fashion sense, whatever. All the good stuff. Everything's... everything's it's an open it's book. Game. It's all on the table. It's an open book. I mean, we can't guarantee they're going to answer those particular questions, but it's just an awesome opportunity to hear from the elders, get some more face time about kind of the leadership of our church and the directions we're heading and all those kinds of good things. So love to see you next <laughs> Thursday night. Dan, will you be there? I'll be there. Wow. And we were just talking about whether or not we're going to worship uh, through music. And 
I think we're, I think we're going to bring it. We're going to sing a little, we're going to seek the Lord's face. And, you know, there, I've been hearing that there's been a little bit, it's been a little quiet on the <gasps> questions front. Oh no. And I just want to encourage all of you guys. There's some really, you know, interesting and, and troubling and possibly confusing things happening in our culture right now. And let's talk about it. I, I know that there's some things out there that, that you guys would love to ask. And sometimes it, it just takes, okay, I'm going to stop what I'm doing right now. And I'm going to, you know, get on my email and just send an email to elders at vbc.online. It's all you have to do. Type in a question and, and you can write in there, hey, I don't want my name associated with this. It can be anonymous. That's totally fine. But please send in the questions because we, we just want to hear what is going on with you and what you want us to, to be talking about. So take advantage of that opportunity. We're actually doing a referral program. If you submit a question that says, why don't the music pastors get a raise? Then we'll give you 5%. F- I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 5% yeah, off what? I was interested. In the, I, was, I was waiting oh, to hear that. Anyways, anyways. Uh, we'll give you 5% off this free podcast. Use Behold 5. What a, what a bargain. Out. What a value. Speaking of this podcast, what are we talking about today? I think it starts with a, uh, well, I guess one word. Relationships. Intentional relationships. IR. Not dating relationships. Well, we'll get into that Find later. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So if you're tracking with us on Sundays, you know, we've been talking a lot about kind of this reoccurring theme of what to avoid and what to dig into, you know, avoid controversy and gossip, dig into truth and grounded relationship, you know, avoid these attitudes, mentalities and whatnot. And then now it's kind of fun because we're, we're, we're going into some more specifics and the, the mechanics of life as a Christian on this fallen world, right? And so much of that, when it comes to talking about doing life with Christ, is about relationships. And so on Sunday, we talked a lot about this, this charge of go out there because Jesus came. He's here. He is Lord. He's King. What does that mean? Go and make disciples of all the nations, which I think we, we all know that verse. We've heard it. But then what does that look like? You know, I think it, it's easy to think about. Yeah, go to Iraq or go to Russia and make disciples there. Hmm. But we don't often think about what's happening in Pleasanton, you know, what's happening in Liverpool, what's happening in my friend circle, which is what we kind of dug into on, on Sunday. So, yeah, well, Jason, take us. yeah, Jason was talking about that there's in that great commission that Jesus gave us, there's a, there's an omission and there's a, there's a book about this it's called the, the, the great omission, which is basically somewhere along the line, we, we got into this mode of just getting people to pray a prayer, the sinner's prayer, or getting, getting people to sign on the dotted line and say, I'm a Christian, I'm with Jesus now. And, and then we've, what we've done is we've, we've basically made a convert, but we haven't made a disciple. So making a disciple is, is an ongoing process. It's, it's not just something you pray or something that you decide. It's, it starts with a decision for Christ. It starts with our with us putting our faith in Christ and receiving the free gift of salvation. But that is just the beginning, and and this it starts this process of of every day, every month, every year becoming more and more like Jesus. And really, that's what that's what the whole thing about is about. Is it's Jesus started this this movement of of eternal life, and it and it spread mm-hmm. all throughout. Um, you know, uh, Jerusalem and Judea and, and, and now it's going out into the ends of the earth. And it's, it's Jesus's plan for, for perpetuating his life on earth. That's what he's inviting us into as his followers. And 
I think a lot of times we, um, I don't know, like Jason, it was really interesting. He was like talking about, you know, everybody loves the idea of discipleship. Everybody loves the idea of, oh, this is cool. One generation passing on what they know to the next generation. One, one wave of Christianity being brought up by, you know, the second wave being brought up and, and so on and so forth. Mm. And it ripples on and out. Everyone loves this. Even in the secular world, people have see the value in apprenticeships or right. passing the baton. But then he said, if I, if I had a dollar for every time someone said no to when, when he said, Hey, we need people to disciple other people. Um, he'd be a wealthy man. And so, so what is the breakdown there? What's the disconnect? We value it, but we're not willing to get in there and do the work ourselves. So, um, I think that's That's an interesting point for us to kick around. Or sometimes we don't know we have to do the work, especially if you're a near Christian, maybe you're unfamiliar with this idea. And Mm -hmm. Jason was talking about on Sunday, he talked to someone who's just like, I had no idea that we're supposed to be doing this, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. especially now, like in Western church culture, I feel like we're used to kind of this mentality of this is what Christianity looks like. You come on Sunday, you hear this motivational speaker talk about Jesus and get you amped. The singing is awesome. And you go home, you know, but they don't often talk about, or at least some churches don't, Mm -hmm. the work that happens between those Sundays, right? Which is really what this is aimed at. Yeah. Or, or Mm -hmm. the, the work is, oh, the pastors are doing that work. Right. I don't, that's not for me to do. I'm, I'm, I'm the one that gets discipled. (laughs) Yeah. So, so Heather, where, where did, where did some of this stuff land with you as, as you were listening on Sunday? Yeah. um, Well, I was just thinking about like what discipleship can look like because, that word can be tossed around, you know, kind of like fellowship, like, oh, we're having fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, what does it, what does it look like? And I thought about my experience. I've been so blessed by a lot of older women in the church and just the time that they've poured into me. Um, And I thought it was so great that Charlie mentioned, you know, it's not just grabbing a cup of coffee or going to McDonald's, um, but it's intentionally. High rollers. Wow. (laughs) Hey, I do love a good big cafe. I have to say it's so cheap and it's from the value menu. Yeah. I'll take it. (laughs) Um, I digress, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, I think it's, it's that intentional meeting together and what you're doing with that time. Um, and, and for the goal of becoming more like Christ. And so I just wrote down like discipleship looks like asking the hard questions. Um, it's so easy to stay surface level, like even in our like close friendships, I think, I Mm -hmm. think you guys talked about that recently on the podcast. Um, but we have to be intentional if we want that discipleship relationship. And if we want to grow and become more like Christ, um, we really got to dig deep and, and dig into his word. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good. <laughs> Two things just off of that. So sometimes it, not sometimes, but <laughs> discipleship involves on those questions, being honest and being, being willing to give someone access to your life. Right. I talk to a lot of young people who, who, who say, I want to be discipled. I want to be discipled. But then when you get into a meeting with them and you start, asking those tough questions or uh, trying to share godly wisdom with them through his word, they, they act like they, they know everything. (laughs) They're like, Oh no, I know, I know I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Mm. It's it's almost like you, you can't really tell them anything because they're, they're not in a posture of, of, of humility and, and a a posture of, of learning. And, and it's really hard for us to be teachable in that way mm. and to give someone access to our lives to, to maybe tell us some things that we don't want to hear. And so 
we like the idea of, of, of maturity and growing, but it is, it is hard, painful work sometimes. And people are going to, the people that are discipling us are going to sometimes tell us some things that we don't want to hear. Right. And we have to be, we have to be, um, I don't know, brave enough or, uh, humble enough to, to, to take those things and, and put them into practice. And then, yeah, I think, um, one of the things that is super valuable about discipleship is just learning how to study God's word. When I was a new believer, I I was getting a lot of Bible intake. I was listening to sermons. I, w- I would read the Bible on my own. I would go to youth group and things like that. But it wasn't until I, I really started being discipled that I learned how, well, how do we break down what God's word means by what it says and and how do we apply it? And that's something that is so central to discipleship is, is learning how to study God's word. And we need help in doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think having it drop from like our head to our hearts, you know, like, okay, Ooh, the people yeah. might be saying like, mm-hmm. I know that already. Like, yeah, I know I'm <laughs> supposed to do that. I'm supposed to forgive, right. but how do I forgive in this situation? You know, that's, that's the, that's how I've benefited from discipleship is like, okay, how do I actually live this out? That's live good. out the word in this situation. I love it. Yeah. And you know, that reminds me, like you said, Dan, like we want it, but we're not willing to do the work of it. You know, this reminds me of an idea that I'm going to steal from uh, John Mark Comer here, but he says this all the time in some of his books and writings and sermons of just people, they, they want things without having to do the work. That's just like human nature, human condition. You know, mm-hmm. like we love the idea of being able to door dash food, not to cook. We love being able to Amazon something. You mean, not go to this, all the stuff, you know, and we're, I'm certainly guilty of this. But he, he says that people want the life of Jesus, but they don't want to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And that's the reality is that if you want the life of Jesus, you have to take on the lifestyle of mm-hmm. Jesus. And what does that look like? You know, he, he gives this example where he lives across the street from these, this, this, oh, it's like, it's like a frat house of runners, basically. It's like a <laughs> fitness frat house. Wow. It's like every morning at 7 a.m., these dudes come out of their house and they're like decked out and they're Lululemon and they're Nike, you know, and he's like, they look good. Okay. They're like, they're like. Their body fat percentage is like three. They're like, look so fast and strong and they just take off sprinting. And he says, I look at them and I'm like, I want that. You know, I wish I was that strong and fit. I wish I could run as fast as they could run. It's just, it's an appealing thing. But then he thinks about their lifestyle and he's like, well, you know, they get up at four in the morning and they're stretching to go run a half marathon while I'm in my robe drinking coffee. You know, like last night while I was up until midnight drinking red wine and watching TV they are probably, you know, eating celery and water for dinner. <laughs> going to <laughs> bed talk, early. Yeah, and going to bed early. Yeah. And he's like, I want their life, but I don't want their lifestyle. And we all suffer from this. And with Jesus, like, what does that mean on the flip side? It's like, well, we want his life. What does that mean? We want freedom. We want to live in grace. We want to live empowered and with confidence that can only come from the life of Jesus. But we're unwilling to adopt his lifestyle, which what does that look like? It means a commitment to people and relationships and discipling and living out love to those around you. So we want the benefits of, of that Jesus brings us through salvation, but we're unwilling to do his commandments of, of living life like him. And he says, he says, hey, imitate me for I'm Christ. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to do that sometimes. So totally, I think it's really, really fitting with life right now as a Christian. Yeah, and it's, and it's great for a podcast that's all about beholding the, the glory of God in the face of Christ because ultimately he is our example. And so in, in the second Timothy context, Paul is is telling Timothy to, hey, follow my example. And and everything that I've passed on to you, 
as you are maturing and 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 fanning into flame your gifts and and learning the nuts and bolts of what it takes to 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 be the pastor of a church and be an elder and and to shepherd the flock he he's he's saying look at me look at my example and mm. and I'm I'm following Christ like I I receive these things from Jesus and I'm passing them on to you and it's it has this um discipleship has this uh, multiplication, you know, idea where it's just, it ripples out and it keeps going. And, and it, and it's all about just passing on through, not just through, uh, content and information, but passing on, like you said, Sean, a lifestyle that we, that we learn from Jesus and, and the essentials of faith, the, our faith in Jesus so that it can, it can replicate. And the idea is, I mean, it's so cool to just to think about, I know a lot of people do um, children's ministry in our church, or a lot of people for a lot of years have done student ministries. And I think about, man, it's so cool when you see uh, a student that you poured into and invested in and, and discipled grow up and now give back and serve mm-hmm. uh, in, in, the, in the same kind of ministry to someone else. And that's, that's the beauty of Jesus's plan for his life you know, expanding in, in the church and all throughout the world. And I think it might be good to maybe talk about some of the distinctions that we see in those three, three different terms that, that Jason mentioned on, on Sunday. So for those of you that listened, Jason brought up this idea of mentorship, counseling, and discipleship and how there, there are terms that often get uh, kind of jumbled confused. up, yeah, confused. Yeah. And people, like you said, Heather, throw them around without really having an understanding of what they mean. And certainly there's a lot of overlap between the three, but there are some helpful distinctions to make. And do you guys think it'd be good to, to maybe go? Because Jason didn't kind of left that as a mystery a little bit. Hey, I what, feel like he set us up. What a is bit. the difference between counseling and discipling, Dan? <laughs> well, tell well, us. Uh, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, yeah, let's do it. It's good. And, and again, tons of overlap with all this stuff. But I think it's helpful because when someone comes to you and is, is looking for something, they need some kind of support, some kind of uh whether it's in a relationship or with a situation they have going on, or maybe they're a new believer and they just don't know what to do next. It's helpful to, to make these distinctions because then you can know how best to help them in that moment. So Jason usually talks about, uh, you know, starting off with mentorship. So mentorship is basically, Hey, come along with me and I'll show you how to do this. I'll show you how I, uh, love my kids as, as a mom. I'll show you um, how I navigate being a, a Christian and ambassador for Christ in the workplace. I'll, I'll help you with your finances. I'll teach you, uh, I'll teach you everything I know about being a worship leader, right? It's this, it's this very practical, almost like an apprenticeship. And a lot of times what we say about that is mentorship is on the go, say on the go. On the, go. on the go. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you're like my Gandalf. You're my guy. Yeah. It's like, come on, let's go. Let's do this together. Yeah. And a lot of times it's shoulder to shoulder and it's, we're working together. We're doing stuff. Okay. And then counseling a lot of times has to do with a specific need. So maybe 
you know, my wife, Emily and I've been, uh, very, we're beneficiaries of this type of support where we're just feeling stuck in our marriage. You know, we're, we're kind of at an impasse where we're going through something hard. We don't know what to do. Uh, we tried to work it out on our own, but we just need some help. And so we have some couples that we, uh, love and trust that we can call and just say, Hey, will you give us some counsel? Will you give us, will you help us through this particular issue? Talk us through it. Give us godly wisdom. Or, or maybe someone is going through anxiety and they need some, they need some tools on how to, how to work through that. Maybe, maybe like another great example I think is when couples get engaged and they're preparing for marriage, there's a very um, specific and focused time of premarital counseling that we do at VBC. So that, those, that's another great example of counseling. And so a lot of times we say counseling is done on the couch, say on the couch, on the couch. On the couch. Yeah. So we've got, we've got mentorship, which is on the Go. Yeah, and, and then counseling is on the couch. Yeah, and I think the thing about counseling that's important to think about is just like sometimes we've all been there. Like if you're in the if you're in the situation, you can't always think objectively about it. Right. And so Too so close. often it's so beneficial to have someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Heather, me and Dan are in this mm-hmm. argument. Can you help us process this from the outside? And I'm 100% confident you can always – give us insights that we're not thinking about because we're just in it, you know? Totally. Especially with things like when there's like sin and Satan's involved, like you yeah. just can't think straight, you know? Totally. And there's, and there's so, there's, there's like kind of different um, lines of defense of counseling. S- a friend can be a, a counselor to you, like in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, another couple who's been married lo- a lot longer than us and has gone through a lot more stuff can be a counselor. Uh, those there, there's people that can counsel you that that don't have specific training. They don't have a degree. They don't. They're, they're not um, like a paid counselor. Yeah, paid counselor. But then you know sometimes there there are issues that are deeper or more besetting or or just kind of uh, require special training. And so we have some some relationships with local Christian counselors in the area that we will refer people to, and. A lot of times what we, what we see with counseling is it's not this lifelong forever kind of situation. It's, it tends to be, you know, for a focused period of time to work through a specific issue. Well, and and actually that's a great point because a lot of times with counseling, it's the same exact issue as the discipling thing Mm -hmm. is sometimes people will go see a counselor and they want the benefits of the counseling without <laughs> having to do the work of the counseling. Right, right. And oftentimes it's almost like guitar lessons that you give, Dan. It's like, yeah. yeah, you spend time with them and you're correcting things and helping them learn things. But then what do you say? You say, all right, go do your homework. Right. Go put this it. in practice at mm-hmm. home. Yeah. And so if you aren't counseling for like 10 years straight for the same issue and you're not growing, well, odds are you're probably not doing the work, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. And then discipleship, which we talked a lot about on Sunday, is really um, – that's really what most of us need <laughs> on an ongoing basis. It's, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like spiritual. It's like a, this word I think sometimes gets a bad connotation, but it's like, it's like maintenance. It's like spiritual maintenance, uh, to, 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 to continue growing and maturing in Christ. And Jason gave us, um, some, some great insights on that, but I just love to, to complete the analogy, uh, that's done at the table. Okay, so we've got mm. on the go, on the couch, and then at the table. Mm. And typically that what that pi- picture does for us is we're sitting down, we're studying the word of God, 
we're, we're seeing how it applies to our life. We're training to be doers of that word and we're, we're growing in maturity and, and fellowship and true accountability. And a lot of times, and I've just, I've experienced this, <laughs> there needs to be some kind of regular meeting for this. Um, it's really hard to disciple someone if you don't see them every week or, or a couple times a month mm-hmm. or, or at least once a month. There has to be some kind of structure and, and some kind of um, tool that you're using to, to study the Bible, whether it's a book or a Bible study or, or you're just going verse by verse and, and going through a book. So those, that, those, I think, are some helpful distinctions for us. And maybe as you're listening, you're just thinking, okay, well, what, what do I need right now? And our needs change over time. And then also, what do people in my life need in my circle and how can I, you know, meet those needs? So, yeah. Mm, Good. Yeah, it's so good. Um, And really helpful to think about like in your own life, like you said, like who, who's in my life and how am I engaging with these things in there with these relationships? And a lot of times we're just not doing any of it. We're not being intentional with our relationships, which on that point, I think one of the traps you can fall into is like getting too concerned with categorizing your relationships like this mm. of just like you only have relationships where you're like, oh, we're counseling, I'm mentoring you, we're mm. discipling. And sometimes, you know, if if that's your, which is so amazing if you're super intentional like that, but sometimes it comes at the cost of just authentic relationship, you know, if you're too concerned with that. Yeah. And if, again, we're just, we go, always go back to Jesus. Look at Jesus. He did all of these things. He mentored people. He discipled people. You know, he counseled so many people. And yet still, there is such an evident and obvious baseline of first and foremost, I love you, you know, and our relationship is important to me. And so as you're thinking about this, just make sure you're having that, like that same baseline for you of just absolutely, we want to be like intentional and structured, but at the same time, if we're doing those things, but, but not fulfilling that first thing of, Hey, you're my brother or sister in Christ, Mm. then we're kind of missing the mark there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a... It's relationship over formula, mm-hmm. or right. Mm-hmm. And Heather, you you had a um, a great a great insight on that just from this book that we're going through, ordering uh, our private world, ordering your private world, your private your, world. yours, you order yeah. that you, world. yeah, world. Um, not my because world. I think that that connects really great to again just looking at Jesus's ministry when he was on Earth and modeling. I mean, duh, like we model ourselves after Jesus. So right. so read that read that quote and then let's talk about that. Yeah, for sure. So this is from ordering your private world. Uh, by Gordon MacDonald, and it's talking about how Jesus intentionally set aside time for the training of the 12 disciples. And it says, Prime time was invested in taking them through the scriptures and sharing his heavenly insights. Key moments were spent sharing ministry with individuals and permitting them to watch every action and hear every word. Special days were set aside to explain to them the deeper meaning of his talks to the crowds Invaluable hours were seized in order to debrief them when they returned from assignments, to rebuke them when they failed, and to affirm them when they succeeded. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Love it's it. so good. So so what – because I know you, you, you kind of have some thoughts about that. Like what – how does that relate to, you know, this issue of, of like Sean brought up, it's really it all comes down to, to relationships and being – being intentional and and really loving the people that God's put in our, in our sphere. Yeah. It's so, I, I mean, Jesus is the ultimate example. And so I just kind of put that into my own words. Like he let the disciples observe his life. So I guess that would be mentorship. 
um, you know, he, he let the disciples, he shared his ministry with them. Yeah. Like he was often healing and, and preaching and doing everything. It was very public. A lot of his life, yeah. there was those private moments too, of course, but he let them hear his actions and his words. And then second, he explained truth to them. Um, and I think that happens in all three of those arenas, yeah, but yeah. definitely discipleship. Like you dig deep um, into the word and you're, and you're talking about essential truths and how we apply those to our lives. And that's what Jesus did with his disciples. He walked them through spiritual realities and explained his parables and expounded on what he taught. Um, and then lastly, I wrote, he corrected and affirmed them. Um, and I think that happens in all three of those arenas for sure too, where we need people in our life to yeah. be like, Hey, you're, uh, I don't think you should go that direction <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in this situation. Um, you know, and, and we need people to point us back to Christ and, uh, we can do that for other people too. So I thought it was just a neat description of, of, um, what all those three areas look like. And I loved Jason's, uh, metaphor of like the EQ, you know, it's kind of, you're always kind of like blending, ha- them blending in. it and harmonizing it. And, and it might be the same person that does all three, you know, like in different, you know, times and seasons, yeah, seasons or different ways. Change, their needs change. Yeah. Right. So that's, so, that's helpful. No, that's so good. And, and it is interesting too, because <laughs> I think we can learn a lot from Jesus, obviously, but the, sometimes I don't know if you guys feel like this is maybe a barrier for people in doing discipleship with other people is sometimes it feels like a lifelong sentence, right? (laughs) Right? It's like, it's like, I, if I I, am your disciple, yeah, like you, you come sit at my feet, like, and I will teach you my ways. And it's like, you're stuck with this person for life. You know, even Jesus discipled these people for only three years. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then he cut them loose and, and they, they kind of just did their own thing. Right. So, so even Jesus didn't have this kind of like, you know, <laughs> eternal sentence of, and so I don't know what they did to him, but he straight up ascended to heaven because he was so done with <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that was one of the things that Jason talked about is you can do this. You can start out just by saying, Hey, let's, let's meet together for three months. Yeah. Right. And then go from there. And it, and it doesn't have to be this, this kind of, I think a lot of times there's a pressure and an expectation that is in our heads when we think about discipleship and it ends up being a barrier for us. And I think even, even looking at Jesus's model, and this has been talked about a lot, but Jesus had influence with the multitudes. There, there was a very public side to his ministry, as, as you said, Heather, where he was teaching from God's word with authority and power, like no one had ever heard before. He was doing healing people and doing miraculous things. And there was a huge following at times for Jesus's ministry. But then he had this, a circle that was inside of that circle of influence, which was his, to his 12 disciples. And, and it was, it was very much like showing them the ropes and basically equipping them to carry his mission forward when he, when, when his time on earth would, would end. But then even inside the 12, he had an inner circle of that, mm. which with, with Peter, James, and John, where he poured into them and really discipled them on, on a deeper level. And so if Jesus, who's God, <laughs> realized that he couldn't disciple the entire multitudes and really he couldn't even, he could really only pour into three people, like we, there's limitations to us. Right. And so 
whatever kind of pressure you're feeling, uh, don't. <laughs> Just stop it. <laughs> Cut it out. It's not, yeah. Knock it off. You, it, it's made up. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, you shouldn't be putting that on yourself. Well, yeah, this reminds me, if you tune back a few weeks, when I did that Behold Alone, I yeah. talked a little about this idea that sometimes we, we believe lies, you know, and then we don't act because of those lies. Funny example about that dude in the closet. You can go back and listen if you didn't hear it because it was fun. But anyways, this is one of those examples where, like you said, that pressure is a lie from Satan and shouldn't exist. Right. But we, we, we listen to mm-hmm. it. We believe the lie. And so we don't do these things. Or there's other things to other lies with this. Like we, we're told these days in culture that if you admit there's something wrong with you, <laughs> that you're like weak, right? right? But what does Christ say? Boast in your weakness. And so there's a lie. It, it, we're believing this lie. And so what do we do? We don't ask for help. We don't ask to be taught. Nah. Don't ask to be discipled. Again, we just got to name the lies, name and claim them, destroy them, and yeah. replace them with truth. Truth mm-hmm. being, again, embrace your weakness. That's yeah. what makes it beautiful being in the kingdom of God, right? Well, that's really good because I think a lot of times we we, we think about discipleship isn't happening because people aren't willing to disciple, but also discipleship isn't happening because people aren't willing to be discipled, mm-hmm. right? Because they, they don't want to give somebody access to their life in that way, or they don't want to admit that they need help. Mm. And so that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. And so... Jason also talked about this idea of he how he hears so often that I'm not ready. I, I'm not right. I'm not perfect. How can I show someone the way? I, I'm total I'm not trained, right? There's I'm waiting for these conditional things in my life to change before. I you know, my kids are too young. Uh work is too is too busy. Um I'm I'm too new in my faith. I, I've got this sin issue that I can't overcome. Whatever the the excuse you're making, like it it's not a valid <laughs> excuse. Like he was like, it's understandable, but it's unacceptable, mm-hmm. and it's uh it's it's correctable, right? Is it you you can yeah. um, overcome that and and work through that. And so he talked about this idea of being of being willing versus ready. And I think it relates really good, really well to what we had talked about a couple of weeks ago about just being useful to the master. And in Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-one, uh, Paul's talking about, hey, cl- you know, if anyone is willing to cleanse themselves from what is dishonorable, then that person will become a vessel for honorable use. You'll be set apart and you'll be useful to the master of the house, ready for every mm. good work. And man, I just love that idea of, of being, being at a spot where I can just let God use me. And the cool thing about it is God's doing the work. Like if we're being used by God to, for a good work, we're just the tool. Right. We're just the object. Uh, we're just the, the, it's an honorable object, but we're just the object. And so God is actually the one who's, who's doing the work in these relationships. And so I think sometimes we, we make ourselves too important where we're at or what we're dealing with. Yeah. That helps take the pressure off. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was going to say like on the flip side of all of this, you know, just keep your eyes open. And if you engage in a relationship that is meant to be mentoring in Christ, discipling in Christ, counseling in Christ, and it becomes not about Christ, Ding, 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 red flag. You got to get out of there, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you said, if, if you're being mentored by someone and all they talk about is, hey, here's how you succeed in business like I do, or here's how you be like me, 
but they're not pointing to Christ, then man, you got to get out of there. Because like you said, he is the enabler. He's the one we're imitating all those things. So yeah, I love that. That's cool. Yeah. Jason talked about that, um, that idea that Paul is talking about telling Timothy is, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. It's this, it's, it's the process that, uh, uh, of method acting that an actor will, will, will do this really intense research to get inside the mind of the character that they're going to play so much so that they, they like become and embody that mm. character. And you hear these stories of, of actors like goes da- too far. Yeah. Daniel day Lewis no. or whatever, where it's like they're living as this person, you know, for, for an extended period of time. And the, it's such a, it's such a helpful picture for us too, is just because it reminds us who we're emulating mm-hmm. because if, if, if you're following me as I follow Christ, but then I mess up and do something that Christ wouldn't do, well, then you're not going to follow me in that, right? Because yeah. nobody's perfect, and that's why we all need grace. And you don't have to be perfect to be a discipler because we're all looking to, to, to Jesus, and he's the one that we're emulating. He's the one that we want to embody, you know, this his life and his character and, and, and his— um, you know, his precepts and his power and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it always comes back to just beholding Jesus, doesn't it? Mm, wow, look at that. Every segue. time. Look at that. Wow. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like we've, I feel like we've hit, hit the nail here as far as discipling, but just be thinking about this. You know, even right now as you're listening to this, be thinking about the relationships in your life. You know, what does that look like? Who are your friends? What do you do with your friends, you know? And is there an element where you're doing some of these things? And if there is, amazing. You know, how can you cultivate that and grow that and grow on both ends as a counselor and mentor and discipler? But then also, how can you be discipled and mentored and all those things? And then again, if, if, you're, if there's not any aspect of that, that's a problem. <laughs> you know, that's not it's not good. It's not healthy. All those things. And so we'd love to help you uh, get plugged in if that's you. You know, reach out. We can definitely get you plugged in with someone in, in your life stage and all those things to do these three things. And then, like we said, get plugged in with the lifestyle of Jesus and then enjoy the life of Jesus. So cool. And, and it was, it was so encouraging. We, we have our staff meetings on Mondays and whenever somebody writes a comment on their envelope or a prayer request or whatever, we get a little printout of it that is confidential and it's just, just kept between staff. But it was so encouraging just to see, there was almost like two pages of people Mm. saying, I want to be, I want to be a disciple sign me up. Put put me with somebody, or or I need to be disabled. I mean, it was just didn't you guys see it? It was it yeah, was pretty awesome. encouraging. So so let's see more of that too. And and if you didn't get a chance to write that on your envelope, or you feel like God's stirring something in you now, even as you're listening, just email us admin uh, at, at vbc online, and we'll get the process started for you. We'll be like your little matchmaker. We'll be like your little <laughs> discipler wow. matchmaker. If you yes. need to be discipled, or you want to become a discipler. Maybe we'll do some like uh, we'll we'll do some speed dating rounds or something, you know, wow. where where disciplers and disciples can can hang out and see if there's a good fit somewhere. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I, I can't I can't hear the word matchmaker and not think of the opening scene in Mulan. Oh, oh that's funny. Yeah. I go to we'll bring honor to us all. Oh yeah, yeah. Fiddler on the roof. <laughs> I go to uh, matchmaker, matchmaker, make, make me, me a match. match. Great song. Hey, okay. Fun fact: Did you know that when I was in high school, I was actually in that musical? What? Yeah. Wow. I, do you have a recording of this? Uh, somewhere there is a I video somewhere. I so I played the part of the constable, oh, nice. which uh, I was like the bad guy, and yeah. and I 
one of my finest moments uh, in my high school career is there's this one scene where me and my like army come through and just like just start breaking stuff. And so every night of the show, I just, I literally, I got to actually break stuff. We, we built like a set that I could just tear apart and I have these like really, you know, like serious looking eyebrows and the costume and the makeup and everything. It was a wild time. I feel like there's that sounds amazing. nothing you would love more than to do that. <laughs> it was pretty fun. That sounds so fun. Yeah, it was, it you was, peaked. It was all downhill from there. Yeah, that was the part <laughs> I was born to play. I feel like Cohen would love Good that too. Theater. All right, we should stop the podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. We love you. We hope this is encouraging mm-hmm. for you. Really, really, really hope that we get questions and then see you guys next Thursday at the Elders Forum. Be there. And on Sunday at church and next week for Behold Again. See you soon. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.